The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, January 31st, 2022. The woman in your life will do what she must do To comfort you and calm you down And let you rest now The woman in your life, she can rest so easily She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Oh, what a great day it is here in Sonoma County. I have two special guests. Joining me on the phone will be Susan Lamont, who is a longtime peace and social justice activist and who is currently affiliated with Sonoma County's Green Party, Police Brutality Coalition, and Veterans for Peace. We'll be talking about the Independent Office of Law Enforcement and Outreach, I-O-L-E-R-O, and discussing some of the concerns she has about the program, particularly about the hiring of a new uh, manager and transparency. Very, very important conversation we will be having. Also joining me on the phone will be Nancy Wang, who is one of the founders and president of the Redwood Empire Chinese Association. We'll be talking about their organization as well as some ideas around the celebration of the Chinese New Year and its meaning. Tonight, Tonight begins the uh, New Year for the Chinese New Year. It's the Year of the Tiger, and it's always good to hear from Nancy and the meaning and and all that goes on around uh, this particular uh, holiday, New Year's, Chinese New Year's. That's really I, it's exciting. I've been to a few of their celebration, and it's really it's really a beautiful, beautiful event. You know, there was a an article today in the Press Democrat about people protesting in San Francisco about some of the. Uh, some of the things that have been happening with our Asian Americans and particularly our Chinese Americans. And I think it's very important, you know, uh, when you start thinking about it, we have to start to get to know each other a little bit better. And I think celebrating holidays or understanding their holidays is definitely one way to go about that. Uh, a shout out to an organization called LOCN here in Sonoma County for really working on the idea of racism and what, what, what causes it and how can and we work with it and overcome it. So there's a lot of work being done and a lot of things are happening. And really, it's up to each one of us to recognize that we are part of a human family and to reach out, to reach out to other people, to other groups, to get to know them, go to meetings. You know, even if you're in the supermarket, say hi to somebody. You know, it's just, it's familiarity is it makes it a lot easier for you. I know I live in a, in a neighborhood where we have something like 17 different languages. And it's so comfortable, you know, knowing all these different ethnicities because you're there every day. Ken and I take a walk. We see people. We say hi. We say good morning. We say good afternoon. And that makes a big difference. And you start beginning to understand a little bit more some of your biases and some of your fears when you're willing to go out there and, and, and mingle with people. Well, it is so hard to believe that this is January 31st, the last Monday of the month. You know, and here it is, the Chinese New Year tonight. And so as we do at the end of every month, the last Monday of the last show of the month, we do the Women's Spaces Pledge, and we're going to do that, be doing that today. 
And I'm very happy. I'm very happy to be able to do that pledge. In fact, just to let folks know, I read it two or three times before I even come on the air. Well, like we do every Monday, we have a special segment called Our History is Our Strength. You know, I got an email, and someone said, well, why do you always do that almost every week, Elaine? I said, because we have to know the shoulders that we're standing on. We have to understand the struggles that people have, particularly women, to what they have gone through to get a a place at the table, so to speak. So I have some really very, very interesting uh, women this month, uh, as we end the month, actually. On January 29th, this woman was born. Happy birthday, January 29th, 1926. Uh, Charlotte Neatley Anderson, she's the first black woman to practice law before the United States Supreme Court. Amazing, the first black woman. You know, this is someone to, to go look at, look up your history, look, look her up. Uh, Violet Neatly Anderson. See what she's done. See what she's accomplished. See how she overcame the fact that she was a woman of color. Another woman who was born uh, January 29th, and she was born in 1941. Happy birthday to her was Robin Morgan, a poet, a political theorist, an activist, a co-founder of the Women's Media Center, author of 20 books, and edited trailblazing anthology, Sisterhood is Powerful, in the 1970s. And I remember that. I remember when that came out, Sisters is Powerful, in 1970. At that time, as a woman, to be honest with you, I never thought of other women as my sisters. I never thought of other men as my brothers. I only saw my little family as my brothers and sisters. But as I began to expand, and once I heard you know, some of the stuff that was going on during the women's studies and reading a book like Sisterhood is Powerful, I began to see that we indeed are all brothers and sisters. I mean, when you start thinking about it, who was the first mother? Who was the first father? I mean, aren't we all... Ken, I mean, let's face it. Well, here's another interesting woman, and I think this is very, very interesting. She was born on January 30th, 1890. It's amazing. Angie Debo, she spent a lifetime examining historical implications of settlements of Native American Indians. And she wrote the book, And Still the Waters Run, in 1940, describing the criminal conspiracy that defrauded Oklahoma's five civilized tribes of their lands. Amazing to think that their lands were taken away from them. But happy birthday to Angie Debo. She spent a lifetime, her lifetime, trying to overcome some of the things that happened to her people. Well, here's another interesting woman that I feel is, is just, she was born on July, excuse me, January 30th, 1912, and she made her transition in 1989. Barbara Tenchman, she's the author, historian, and was awarded the Pulitzer Prize in 1958 for The Guns of August and in 1971 for Stillwell and the American Experience in China. You know, that's, that's, a, that's worth reading something, you know, with all the prejudice that are coming out against our Asian, our Asian citizens here in, this, in our country. You know, maybe start reading books. Starting to understand people is so important. And to see that the accomplishments that women made, it's not just a white woman, not just a black woman, not just an Asian woman, not just a Native American woman, but all women. All women concerned about their cultures, concerned about the, how the children are being raised. And, they're, you know, they're just a variety of different people that have all made this country so great. You know, that's what, the, to me, is the most interesting thing about 
about the United States, to be honest with you, is because we are so intercultural. I mean, we have Chinese restaurants, we have Japanese restaurants, we have Indian restaurants, we have Native American restaurants, we have Puerto Rican restaurants, I mean, you name it, we have Jewish delis. I mean, it's such a combination, it's such a melting pot of people. And to think that we have this racism when somehow we're all put together in a land that is considered free. Uh, Ken and I were driving uh, to the studio this morning, and I said to Ken, I said, I'll bet you any amount of money that 85% of the people that live in this country, if they go back to their first generation of families that came over to the United States for the so-called American dream, what they were really doing, I know for my grandmother, were escaping what they called back then as pogroms in in, uh, in Russia, where they come and they just raid the whole city of Jews, and they'd kill the children and put them in the middle of the street and say, get out, Jews. So where did they come? To the United States. The same thing with all the many of the wars, many of the Irish, the, the Italians, you name it. The African Ameri- the African Americans were brought here not by their own consent, but they were still brought here and still are part of this country. Many of them born, you know, born after slavery was they be, were born as free people. So there's something to really look at. We're a melting pot of so many different cultures, and that's what makes us strong. And by having this racist attitude or all of a sudden this white supremacy popping up, it's weakening us. You know, it's weakening us, and we really have to recognize this. Well, the last person I'm going to talk about is she was born in January 31st, which is today. Happy birthday, 1960, and she made her transition in 1982, and that was Betty Parsons. She was a gallery owner and artist, exhibited watercolors in 1935, and created the Betty Parsons Gallery in 1946, showed the work of many avant-garde expressionists. Very unusual at that time for women to be recognized for women in art and also just to have a gallery was just amazing. So these are some of the shoulders that we are standing on, and we have to recognize that. And we have to see that what has been given us has never been given us, hey, oh, here, you know, sure, women can vote. No, it took us 100 years to get the vote. Oh, you know, we're going to get Social Security. No, they're still fighting it. They're still fighting. They still don't want it when Roosevelt brought it in with the New Deal. I was listening to a program, and I could not believe. Did you know in 1938 there was actually a a, a group of people who were going to overthrow the government, a group of capitalists who did not like the idea of Roosevelt's New Deal? So this has been ongoing, and the most important thing that we have to recognize is that we are all part of the human race, and we all deserve the good life. And to me, the good life is simply having a bed to sleep in, good food to eat, some medical, and a place to live, for heaven's sakes. You know, it's just, to me, it's so simple, and yet it's so complicated. You know, I was reading the paper today about some people they were protesting about. They're, they're protesting the mask mandate. They don't want to wear a mask. You know, they're, they're against it. It's taking away their freedom. Why aren't you out there protesting what's really taking away our freedom, which is not having good medical care? You know, that really creates a lot of, a lot of control when you, when you have, like right now, we have the pandemic, which is out of control. So there's more controls. How about protesting wars? You know, how about protesting not everybody has medical across the globe? 
I mean, there are so many things that are so much more important to protest. I'm sorry to say this, than wearing a mask. And the mask is a simple thing. It keeps you protected. And that's what we need to do. We need to take care of each other, protect one another, protect our children, protect the future. I mean, out there protesting about masks, what about the homeless? Why aren't we protesting that? That's creating more problems than having to wear a mask, for heaven's sakes. I mean, it just, it does not, I hate to sound like a complainer, but I tell you, it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense whatsoever. And if anybody can make sense of it, you know, I'm always happy to have them on the program to have a discussion about it. You know, email me at Elaine at womenspaces.com. Let me know what your thoughts are, what you're thinking, why you, why you think it's important to protest the mask in lieu of protesting wars. I mean, we're, we're on the brink of maybe two major wars. That's pretty scary. That's pretty scary. You know, nothing is going to protect us. No mask, anything is going to protect us if we have a nuclear holocaust, for God's sakes. I mean, start thinking about that in those terms. Oh, well, that's enough of that. Don't you think so, Ken? (laughs) Anyway, it's a wonderful morning here, and I'm very excited. This is the last Monday of the month, and we're going to do the Women's Spaces Pledge. And Ken and I are live here in the studio in Santa Rosa, and... Ken, would you join me when we do the Women's Basis Pledge? Sure. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the first line, and then you, you say it after me. So let's, let's go. This is the Women's Basis Pledge. And like I've told my listening audience many, many times, I developed this a long, long time ago for my grandson, Ryan. And one day I said to myself, how, what can I do? What can, how can I bring a little bit more attention to women's spaces? And then all of a sudden I said, well, let's start doing that pledge. And I went, <laughs> it's really funny funny one day i called staples i was said to, i was curious how many of these i have these little pink cards with the pledge on it in fact if you want if you want one all you have to do is email me oh no no just go on women's spaces www.womenspaces.com and you can make a copy of it or you can see it as a big big copy of it there but it was really interesting because one day my grandson came in and told me he says that when he was in daycare he said my teacher told me I was a bad boy, and boy, I'll tell you something. It brought up memories of me when I used to hear, Elaine's a bad girl. Elaine should understand children should be seen and not heard. I remember how that devastated me. It took me years of therapy to overcome that. And here's my grandson telling me that. And I said to him, Ryan, your self-esteem does not depend on what that teacher thinks of you. Your self-esteem depends on your relationship with yourself and your higher power. Well, of course, then I had to go into higher power. and had, I explained it through flowers to him. I said, look at the flowers, how they bloom. We don't understand, but they come out every year. This is kind of the higher power. This is the creator. And believe it or not, that kid understood that. It was very interesting, very interesting. And we would say the pledge every time he got into the car. And here he is now. <laughs> <laughs> He's made me a, a great grandmother twice. It's just uh, just amazing to me. So let's go ahead, Ken. I'm going to say the first line, and then you repeat after me. My self esteem. My self esteem does not depend. Does not depend on anything. On anything outside of me. Outside of me. My self esteem. My self esteem depends. Depends on my relationship. On my relationship with myself. With myself and my higher power. And my higher power. Wow. Doesn't that feel good, Ken? 
That, that feels really good when you say that. So let's say it together. Let's say just together, you and I. Let's go one, two, three. My, my esteem does not depend on, on anything, anything outside, outside of me. My self esteem depends on my relationship with myself and, and my, my higher power. power. Oh. Oh, of course, I could always say my self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and Elaine. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Thank you, Ken. Thank you so much for doing that with me. That's a very, very, very powerful, powerful, powerful little saying. Well, we are going to take a musical break right now, and I am really excited. I'm going to be talking with uh, Nancy Wang, and the song I'm going to be playing is a song that I found. It's called Chinese New Year is Here, sung by, uh, it's a, a, a chorus. They, they, they just said the chorus. So it's a Chinese New Year is here, sung by the chorus. So why ahead, let's go ahead and play that, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Nancy Wang, and we'll be talking about Chinese New Year, the Year of the Tiger, and tonight is their New Year's.
joining. You are listening to uh, KBBF. Excuse me. For you just joining, you're listening to KBBF 89.1 Calistoga, Santa Rosa. I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the KBBF board, its board of directors, its members, or women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my first guest. Joining me on the phone is Nancy Wang. Welcome, Nancy. Welcome to Women's Spaces. It's it's that time of the year again. Thank you, Elaine. Happy New Year. And uh, so glad to have a chance to on your radio uh, program. Good. Just make sure you talk close to the phone and talk up, Nancy. Well, okay. Be- before we go into uh, the Chinese New Year and, and talking about uh, the organization, the Redwood Empire Chinese Association, I'd like to tell folks just a little bit about you. Is that okay? That's fine. Nancy Wang is a Chinese-American who was born in Taiwan. She attended junior college at Japan and settled in California with her husband in 1977. She's been part of the Redwood Empire Chinese Association since it began in her garage in 1988 with the goal of teaching our children Chinese culture and language. What an amazing thing you did. Uh, Nancy has been involved in many organizations and committees and has served on the Santa Rosa City Council's Advisory Committee CAB for 15 years, plus many other associations and committees. She has been honored with various awards from city, state, federal government, both personally and on behalf of the Redwood Chinese Association. She is the mother of three children and six grandchildren, and she's excited that her oldest grandson is, he must have finished college by now, Nancy. This is the senior year. Oh, it's senior year. year. Yes. Because I know I, we've, I've had you on almost every year for the past four years talking about the Chinese New Year. So this That's is, right. This is very exciting. Well, before we begin, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, I think um, thank you to introduce me. So honored, you know, to serve on the community to um, keep our culture and um, for the uh, people can and understanding more. Uh, what's the immigrate? Well, talk 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 a little bit about the Redwood Chinese Association, its history and its mission. I know I've been to several of their events, and it's just absolutely wonderful watching the children, seeing that they're and not only are Chinese involved, but also Caucasian people, also children are learning Chinese. So it's very, 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 uh, very uh, wonderful culture to be part of. So talk a little bit about the association. Okay, our association it's a nonprofit. I think you know that, and. Um all the members serve on the board. We all volunteer, put our time to provide the culture. We're going to school and business and a lot of different places. They invite us. Oh, we do go to a lot of senior homes, you know, because a lot of senior there in the um, assistant living area, they can't really come out that much. So we go to them to sharing our culture, and that's our mission. Then also we're helping a lot of the immigrants has a hard time to adjust and the students. And um, I think, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Wherever we get a phone call, we jump in, we help everything we can. 
Well, the one thing that I find very, very interesting about the association is that keeping up on some of the traditions of the culture and how how inspiring it is for me to walk in and to learn all these different, learn about the different foods, learn about the different dances, and see see the beauty of some of those dances are just absolutely amazing. So how 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 do people get involved with you if they if it do uh, is it just open to Chinese people? Is it just open? How how what what is your, what is your, how are, are open are you in this area? We open for everybody. And also we have a website, you know, www.recacenter.org. You can go on to check what's going on. You know, this past two years, we kind of, you know, I think everybody in the same, you know, boat uh, with the pandemic. So we cannot have in too many events had to keep really small and I think yesterday Press Democrat did a really really nice article about um, you know, the Chinese New Year's and we can't do the big one because every year we're having our event at the West Building for 600 to 650 people but with the pandemic we have to close the event what I did is um, I uh, had a reporter come to my own home, welcome them, and we all wear the mask, of course. Then we cook some traditional food, you know, let them um, have a photo uh, shooting to and talking about the traditional Chinese, what we're doing this for, and my whole house decorate the, um, the way the Chinese uh, New Year supposed to be. Um, it was really exciting, and yeah, I have a two our uh, association's member coming help me to do the food because normally we had a family. My family event was Saturday, the day before yesterday, um, but uh, with newspaper they say their deadline it's uh, Saturday night. They can't make their deadline, so they had to come in here a um, couple of days earlier. I made a special uh, for them to sharing the Chinese New Year um, was pretty exciting. And also this year, you're talking about my oldest grandson's going to be graduated this year. Then we have another grandson um, went to college uh, first year away. And he's, you know, attended University of Hawaii. And he come home for the Chinese New Year. Tell the truth, I was so touched my tears is coming out until my daughter told me he said he doesn't want to miss um, our, uh, you know, he said he's been celebrating for 18 years with us. He's 18 years old. He cannot miss the Chinese uh, oh, what a- know, celebration. So he flew home just for the new year and he flew back today to the school. What a beautiful, beautiful story. I know. I know. I, know. I mean, just, everybody work. You know, all my grandkids, they're old enough. Only two younger ones, they can. But most of the two centers are high school and um, the college, to college. They all have their uh, part-time job and doing the weekend. But they all took their off. They tell the boss, 
I, you know, we have to go to our family Chinese New Year event. Well, talk so about it's all here. Yes, let's uh-huh. talk about it. It's the year. It's the year right year now. Year the tiger. Uh, what What does that mean? I mean, I looked it up, and let me let me just tell our folks just a little bit. Okay. Uh, the year of the tiger. If you were born in 1926, 1938, 1950, 1962, 1974, or 1986, you are a tiger. And the lucky colors. Let me just the lucky colors this year are blue and green. Your lucky numbers are one three and seven and your flower is the plum blossom i love that and the directions is an earth so tell us a little bit more about what is the tiger i mean what what does that represent okay okay the, you know we have a 12 animal the zodiac we call it. we start with the year the rat the ox then tiger rabbit dragon snake horse sleep monkey cock dog boar and um, the year the tiger, they, this year, tomorrow, actually, we're kicking the real Chinese New Year tomorrow. And um, they are called a water tiger. The year you born the tiger, it's really, they do really respect the people born the year the tiger. And they are really a chief and has a warm heart and a pretty powerful they doing um, their business. Mm. Also, um, they st- they really responsibility for a lot of things. Actually, my husband is the year he was born. The year the tiger. What, what are you, Nancy? I'm the ox. Oh, so yes. today it's the last year. I'm the year the ox. So <laughs> tomorrow is my husband's. The year the tiger. <laughs> well, listen to this. Here's this. Tigers are the third of the Chinese zodiacs. According to the legend, tiger was confident that no one could compete with its speed and vigor. You're right. right. You're, you're absolutely right. Yes. <laughs> and however, when the tiger climbed out of the river, mm-hmm. thinking it was first, it was informed that rat placed first for its cunning and ox placed second for its yes. diligence. So that's so you're so you're an ox. Yes, I'm the ox. And your husband's a tiger. Yes. Oh, for heaven. Well, Ken, Ken here sitting here is, Ken's a rat, and I'm a dragon. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know. We the, have a, a two dragons in our house. <laughs> yes. One daughter, one grandson. You know, what the story says, why the rat is little animal, they can be the first. Because they say they had to do the race to determine who's the first. And rat was so smart, and they climbed up to the ox. So after they crossed the river, and uh, he jumped off the ox, so he's the first. <laughs> that's 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 amazing. I mean, folklore folklore is so is so interesting to me. Well, what are some ways? You know, one of the things in, in our song that we put up here, and we're coming very quickly to the end of our segment. One of the mm-hmm. things that came and says that we have firecrackers and good food. So, real quickly, what are one or two things that you do specifically yes. for New Year? Uh-huh. The firecracker that we believe is chasing the uh, evils away. You know, that's why we're doing the firecracker. And the food, it's we have to have everything because the New Year Eve, um, we're gathering together, and we're going to make sure we have enough food for the rest of the years. That's where we leave. That's why we had to prepare, you know, chicken, pork, duck, fish, 
you know, all these goodies with a whole table uh, full, and you have to have lots left over. Well, let's so, let's let's kind of end it with that that vision of all this food sitting, and just give us your website for the last time, and then mm-hmm. we the, the segment is coming to an end, my friend. Hello. Yeah, what's your website? Uh, well, Nan- That's our website. Nancy Wang, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being on Women's Spaces. I want to thank you for keeping up the Chinese tradition here in Sonoma You're County. You're welcome. And for- happy New Year for everybody. And thank you so much, and Happy thank New you. Year back to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And- Bye-bye. And thank you once again, Nancy. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. What a jewel of a human being she is, Nancy Wang. Thank you so much for letting us know about I You know, time goes by so darn quick in this studio. I don't know what, <laughs> I can't keep track of it. So we are going to take another new musical break, and then we're going to be getting on the phone uh, Susan Lamont, who's going to a longtime peace and social activist. And she is going to talk a little bit about Iolero and Measure P and some of the changes that we're hoping to see happen in this community and also some of the challenges. So let's go ahead, let's play Sound of Silence, sung by Susan Wong, and let's go ahead and get Susan on the line. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seats while I was sleeping And a vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sun Silence In restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Neath the halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold and damp When my eyes were stared by the flash of a neon The sound of silence And in the naked light I saw Ten thousand people, maybe more People talking without speaking People hearing without listening People writing songs Voices never share No one dare Disturb the sound Of silence And the people bowed and prayed To the neon god they made And the sun flashed out its warning In the words that it for men and the words of the prophets are 
Listen to that song, and I think of the sound of silence. Sometimes I think of people not speaking up. I, the sound, the silence gets louder and louder in my mind, and it's kind of problematic. We all have to stand up and speak out and stop the silence. Anyway, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And with me on the phone is one of my favorite people, actually the first person who was actually on the first show I did for Women's Spaces, Susan Lamont. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Elaine. Nice to be back. Oh, it's wonderful to hear your voice. Hey, listen, Susan, before we start, I'd like to tell folks just a little bit about you. And, you know, I know, you know, instead of me telling me a little bit about you, I know things have changed. Why don't you give us just a little background on what you're involved with right now? <laughs> Mostly I'm involved with babysitting a granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> a little, nor- little Nora. <laughs> yeah, so that is, cu- that is cut back, and, you know, there's age. You You know about that. But... <laughs> Mostly I'm just monitoring what's going on um, with law enforcement in Sonoma County and, you know, getting out the word to get people to be involved and that sort of thing. Um, you know, having been involved since Andy was killed in this particular um, endeavor, um, that's mostly what I focus on. I care about a whole lot of other things, and I do speak out on them, but it's mostly this. Well, also the fact that you were, at one time, you were the director at the Peace and Justice Center. You're a wonderful writer, a great poet. I mean, I'm actually jealous. I feel sometimes I compete with you. I read some of your writing and think, oh, i gotta, I got to do something better than that. <laughs> so there's a lot There's a lot to you. Well, let's, let's... well I, have, I have in the next issue of the Peace and Justice Center's Peace Press, there will be a long article by me on this current situation um, with Iolero. So people can look for that. Well, I'm really, I'm really happy that you're that you're keeping your eye on that because it, it, it's just so problematic. You know, I've been reading your emails and uh, you know trying to figure out in my own mind because we were so involved. You know, and it was it was 2013. I remember when I woke up in the morning and read the headline in the paper about this young boy that had been shot in the streets, and I was just I was just shocked. You know, but I said to myself at that time, well, it's not my problem, until I went to an event and met the mother of, of Andy Lopez and looked into her eyes and I, I never saw such pain and I said to myself, I cannot be silent. This could have been my child and I have to stand up. And it was very it was a very um, a very enlightening experience, let's put it that way. Well, let's talk a little bit about this independent office of, in, of uh, law enforcement review and outreach, ILRO. Let's, let's give our folks, you know, people have short memories, so I think it's very important that we give kind of an overview. Give us a little idea of what Iolero is and how it began because it it began as an idea and then grew and grew and grew until finally we did get this organization so go ahead and talk a little bit about that well yes as you know we all got involved in protest after Andy was killed and um, we went to many many board of supervisors meetings saying something needed to be done something needed to be changed um, the county had been told in 2000 that they needed oversight and they'd done nothing. So um, they were forced to create a task force, and that task force met for a very long time. We went to an awful lot of meetings, and the result was a recommendation for this office, which 
the task force wanted to be about oversight, but the sheriff and some of the laws of California were making oversight of um, an independent um, elected person, in this case the sheriff, um, something that they said they couldn't do. Um, Some of the laws have changed. There's been a lot of work, and a lot of California laws have changed, and they're continuing to change for the better, and this is a great thing. Uh, So this office was created in controversy because the sheriff was willing to accept an auditor, someone who came in and looked at his investigations and would say uh, that they were correct or they were incorrect or this needed to change. But And there were a couple of board supervisors, um, David Rabbit and Shirley Zane, who are also in favor of only an auditor. But we did end up with what was the next best step, which was for that uh, office to have a community advisory council people from the pub, you know public members who would meet and talk with the public, study policy, and make recommendations for improvements to the sheriff's office. And they have been fighting in the background to get rid of that arm of Iolaro since it was started. Well, what's so interesting also, and when we go back to the history, the word oversight, it, every time it was brought up, it was like a dirty word. Right. No, no oversight. You know, it had to be whatever, it, all these different words uh, would come uh, forward, but no oversight. And also there was no subpoena power. There was the, the, the group really did not have the power that it needed to have. So, exactly. So now here comes Measure P, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, Measure P is, was greatly helped by the fact that laws have changed within in California to make some of these things a little easier. Uh, because we what we were, were being told was that uh, the community has no right to tell the experts, and the experts were the people at the sheriff's office, what to do, that they, you know, that they didn't know anything about um the actual workings of the sheriff's office and what what officers went through, and therefore we couldn't have any opinions on it, even though it's the public that's the direct recipient of those actions. Well, I so, I, I also thought it was very interesting is that it felt like Measure P was like something like a piece of paper in a corner that was sound asleep. Yeah. You know, then all of a sudden, you know, like like the activists were talking about it. We had to do this. Jerry Treat wrote a, a, an amazing uh, uh, report and an idea. I remember when the first papers came out. Yes. And then all of a sudden, George Floyd was killed. Yes. And then all of a sudden, the, the sleeping giant, all of a sudden, every mm-hmm. political and his brother wanted this Measure P to pass. Yes. Well, we, the the community, you know, I hate to say... Um, got, you know, got lucky with the with the killing of George Floyd. We were able to, you know, use a tragedy, which is what we've done with Andy Lopez as well, really, um, to make something vis- more visible to the general population that normally doesn't pay attention. So with, with the protests around the killing of George Floyd, lots of more people were paying attention and therefore we were able to point out what is happening in Sonoma County 
that is similar to what is happening all over the country, that it isn't just, you know, someone in Cincinnati or Milwaukee or Newark. It's here. And something needs to be done about it. And so... Um, well, it became it became politically correct yes. for for people in office, particularly the Board of Supervisors, the city yes. consuls here, all of a sudden to get on board. In fact, it almost felt, you know, I mean, I hate to say this on a personal level, it almost felt like the activism were put out the door, say, okay, we'll see you later. You did your yes. job, and now we're going to uh-huh. be we're going to be the rah-rah that's going to get this passed. So, yes. now, so now it happens. It passes. Right. It passes. And, yes, and, um, you know, some of it is uh, in court and, and being um, contested by the sheriff's office. Um, Still, Susan? I believe so. Oh, my goodness. Um, but, you know... It, so, so what Measure P did mostly was help the actual auditor's office. Um, it didn't do quite as much for the role of the community in this work, but it did provide more money for more staffing to um, uh, audit the investigations of the sheriff's uh, office. And, and uh, I mean, that's a good thing, but... I would like to have seen something that gave a little bit more um, emphasis to the Community Advisory Council because that's where the real recommendations for change have been coming from. So, uh, well, when I when I think about the, uh, it's called the CAC, C-A-C. Yes. I love that yeah. name, CAC. CAC, CAC, CAC. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of interesting. But when it when it started, I, mean, I remember they picked they picked a variety of people. I was a little bit disappointed. I didn't see you on there. But anyway, it it it, it picked a variety of people, and then they elected a chair, and then that was right away was problematic because the chair wanted to move out and and really be quick to start getting things more accountable, and then there was that struggle. Then we hear now Measure P comes in. Now now was was Charlene Navarro was she. Uh, hired uh, before Measure P or after Measure? Yes, she, she was. She was well before um, Measure P, and that of her hiring has been a bone of contention because um, there are, you know, journalists can't reveal their sources sometimes, but I get a lot of information, and you know, she, she's basically a ringer. A ringer is a person who um, generally gets involved in a contest based upon a lie. In this case, the contest was employment, you know, being hired. And the lie is that she actually cares about this stuff when she was, in fact, put in place to totally dismantle the role of the CAC. And at her before she ever started her work, Sheriff Essek was interviewed, and he said he was glad that she was going to change the direction of Iolero from the way it had been going with Jerry Three, which was, you know, very intense, a lot of work, and a lot of um, criticism of how the office, the sheriff's office, ran. So, um, at her very first meeting, Carlene Navarro came in and said, um, "The CAC is no longer going to." Uh, do any of this interaction with the public and study study policy and make recommendations, I'm ending that. And that's what she was hired to do, to, to dismantle 
what had been gained. And uh, essentially, we've been we fought back the entire time she was there. Um, we she was during this time. This was only a this was only a step. She'd always wanted to be a judge, and uh, heaven forbid you should ever be in her courtroom. Um, but she started looking for a judgeship early on in her tenure. She got rejected once, um, and. We activists got involved in letting the Board of Supervisors know that this woman did not have her heart in this job. She was trying to get out of it. She was trying to rise and that they should uh, tell her that the end of her three-year contract, that would be the end of it because they were now going to be looking for a replacement. Well, they didn't do it. They paid no attention. And then they feigned all this surprise. Oh, we didn't know she was leaving. And they were left... You know, I think she left giving them like 17 days notice or something. And uh, you know, she had total contempt for this job and what it was supposed to do the entire time she had that job. And now they are left without a director. Takes at least six months to, to find a new director. And uh, still, you'll only hear from the, the county about how wonderful she was. Um so what we have to do is make sure this doesn't happen again. And well, before before you go into that, yeah, you know, yes, I think yeah. you made you made a very important statement that is really problematic to me. Also, is that oftentimes what you read or what you see is not exactly what is happening. Oh yeah, no kidding. You know, and <laughs> and in this in this situation, you know, the reason that I think this interview is important is to remind the public that they have to stay involved. Yes, we, we, do. we we don't get anywhere, you know. All you know, the problem I think we have, just the way our elections, everything is set up. We think, I I mean, I'm guilty of the same thing. I used to. I remember when you and I met at that protest. That Susan and I met actually at the protest against the Iraq War. We introduced each other. We were we were walking together, and I remember walking and realizing how nothing, how I had been doing nothing. Once the Vietnam War ended and, you know, once I got my education and did my thing, I was doing nothing, really. And all of a sudden, the world just seemed to be in chaos again. And I had to ask myself, what is going on? And I realized it was is because people stopped being active. Once, mm-hmm. you know, that's why that song, The Sound of Silence, is so important. It becomes deafening. And, and you know, it's, it, people are, like, writing things on the subway walls. It's like saying, help already, will you? Will you please yeah. pay attention? And, and we and, have more neon gods than ever. <laughs> exactly. You know, so, you know, that, 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 is, that is the importance of this. And so where we are right now, it sounds like, is that... Well, let, let me, let me uh, touch on what you're saying, is that one of the most effective things that Carlene Navarro did was be so obstructionist and that people, that people started giving up. Most of the people who were actively involved and who attended the, the um, CAC meetings under Jerry Threat and uh, who talked about recommendations and stuff have disappeared. They gave up. The bruises on their forehead from banging their heads against the wall got to be too much for them. And so even those who were passionate have fallen away. So Carlene has done her job really, really well. And I'm sure the supervisors are thrilled that most of us are gone. 
because they don't they don't even want to think about this. You you watch you watch the last meeting where they talked about Arolero. They don't care. They just want it to go away. They want it to take care of itself. They said, you know, I have this vision of them saying, you know, dead people in the jails, million dollar settlements. That's a hell of a lot easier than thinking about this other stuff. That just happens. We sign it. You know, we sign our permission for writing a check. I mean, that's that's how I've come to feel about it. So well, I, th- I think it's a valid feeling. I mean, yeah. I mean how, how many times did we go up in front and we give a speech? I remember I used to start yeah. my speech by saying, all we're asking is if this were your child, what would you want your leadership to do yeah. with yeah. Andy Lopez? And, and still, even though bringing that idea, it was very, very difficult. If the people had not been continuing showing up and yelling, you know, I mean, I remember the discussions at the Board of Supervisors that we have to have more uh, integrity and more kindness to one another. And I remember standing up saying, how can you be kind when a child has been killed? I mean, I mean, yeah. and, and you feel that not, not enough is being done. I can't say that nothing was being done, but right. not enough is not being enough. done. And, 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 and they wanted respect without actually respecting us. It wasn't a two-way, respect was not a two-way street. So we, we didn't give it to them. I'm still not giving it to them. Well, it's it's hard. It's hard to respect yeah. when you know, when you see what's going on. I mean, and, and also when you hear the report that over $20 million is paid out in these legal fees where they're thinking it's easier to do it, you know, do it this way. When you think of what that $20 million could done with mental health or school or, or you know, lunch programs, the hundred things that that money could have gone through. And if we only had some accountability and more transparency. So where does yeah. it stand now and what would you like to see people? People do. I mean, what what do you think okay. is important? Well, um, the uh, community, of the CAC, has met and told, you know, sent a formal request to the board of supervisors that the community be actively involved in the hiring of the next um, director. Uh, the board has said that that will happen, but no details have been given at this point. The search um, is supposed to begin sometime in February. Um, doesn't sound like they're going to be asking their, the public about what they think um, should be mentioned in the search. You know, I haven't seen anything yet. Um, but there should, you know, there should be what there has been in the past community panels to... Um, to interview the applicants, that should definitely happen. Um, sometimes that's not enough, but we, we really need to be actively involved in what we think a director should be like. And um, it should be noted that, again, source source not to be revealed. When Carlene was hired, the search firm actually said, we did not find any qualified applicants that includes Carlene, um, we would like to do a new search, and they were denied, and Carlene was hired. And as Evelyn Cheatham, who was on the panel, said, she wasn't qualified, and she should well, not have been director. So the more the public knows about what's going on, the more that they demand to know what's going on, um, and... You know, when I when I find out what role the um, 
public is being given in this. You know, first everybody can write their supervisors and say, we want as much community input in this as possible. So you can say you can say that to them right up front, and then um, when I find out what it is that they are going to do, I can obviously let you know through your show. You can let your listeners know. Um, well, Susan, what, what role they can have? Susan, we've come to the end of the segment. Yeah. So, can you yeah. give your email and uh, any websites that you think are important? Okay, I don't. I don't have um, any any website, and uh, I uh, post a lot of stuff on Facebook, though. So, anybody who's in Facebook can can find me, but they can also find um, the Police Brutality Coalition of Sonoma County has a page. So that's Police Brutality Coalition of Sonoma County. And I put a lot of information on there. I also have an email list that I send updates to. And you can contact me at peacenick at sonic.net, P-E-A-C-E-N-I-K at sonic.net to get on that list. Not everybody agrees with me who is on that list, but they, you know, want to know what I'm thinking and well, Susan Lamont, I want to thank you so much for being on Women's Spaces once again and to remind my listeners <clears throat> that all the information that has been given will be on www.womenspaces.com. A special thank you to Nancy Wang from the Redwood Chinese Association. Happy New Year's to all our uh, Chinese brothers and sisters and a special shout out to Susan Lamont for all she does. This is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to being with you the next time. There's a woman in your life And a woman in your life And a woman in your life Is you The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, January 31st, 2022.